Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast. As always, here in Hawaii, I'm Steve Lee, and over in L.A. is Royce Hamano. You can find us on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Instagram, at Voices for Blogging. And this is Total, with Hold the Line, a little tagline that was kind of tossed around a lot in the last two weeks within the stock market, and you could almost say even in the crypto world. Because, Royce, what happened in the crypto world in the last 36 hours? Nah, nothing. <laughs> nah. Nothing huge. Just <laughs> Ethereum broke out to an all-time high, over 1,600. I thought. You know? I thought. I, I really thought the song that you were going to be playing was We Are the Champions. Not yet. That's at Ethereum <laughs> 2000. <laughs> well, you know, again, it, 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 continuing on a little joking around about and again, <clears throat> feel bad for the people that might have lost some money in that GameStop trade. <clears throat> but you know, that was, that was the, the the word you know the words hold the line was all over Twitter, you know, and and there was that one video from the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and he even made that little spoof video, which was kind of great actually. That was freaking hilarious, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That was genius. That was the that was the best use of Cameo uh, I think I've yeah. ever seen. I, I think so. It was, it was so entertaining. But, you know, again, you know people got hurt in that trade. You know, that, that thing traded down below 50 at one point today. You know, it was over. It was near 500 at this high last week. Yeah. And be, caref- be careful what you play with. Be careful who leads you down a certain road. Because sometimes they may not have the same intent that you do. The dump will be just as fast as the pump. Many times the dump is faster. But, but, but I, hey, I, you know what? The good news is that I saw an alert uh, just tonight that Robinhood is re-enabling trading for everything. So, well, good. Looks like some of the fluff has definitely been taken out of a couple of those stocks. <laughs> it's that, we'll it's, see. Yeah, they, they were actually uh, they're doing a lot of promotion right now uh, for Robinhood, and I saw one of their ads on Twitter today. One of their promoted tweets and is basically saying like yeah you know we're for trading for the people and all that other stuff that you know they've been saving for a while and if you go and look at the comments <laughs> it's i'm sure they're just getting ripped they're just getting ripped. everybody's ripping them everybody's ripping them they handled this just so poorly their crisis management team they they need a new one <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, what gets lost in that is, you know, TD Ameritrade, you know, did a similar thing, but they don't get as much bad press as Robinhood's getting because, I, don't you think some of that's just because of what Robinhood was kind of making themselves out to be when yeah, it first no, came out? Yeah, 100%, dude. It, it's it's the same thing as the Tiger Woods thing, right? He branded himself as a squeaky clean dude. Uh, you know, everything was about that. He had his family, right? He had everything. And then... What happened? It turns out that he wasn't that guy, and they just tore him to shreds, man. Which is so, it's so sad. I mean, that's what America kind of does, right? We, they build everybody up, and then as soon as something bad happens, they just rip them apart. In this scenario, they built themselves up, though, right? I mean, this is something that this is a persona they created for themselves, and and then they go and they go and pull off what they've pulled off once AMC, GameStop. BlackBerry, Bed Bath and Beyond, all those Nokia, 
you know, all, all, all the companies that have been struggling over the last, you know, five to six to ten years, you know, have been relatively irrelevant. Um, yeah. You know, and this, these things happen, and all of a sudden, here they are looking out for their bottom line and and their their risk management. I don't know what's going on in those meetings. I don't know how these decisions were made. But, you know, I think TD Ameritrade got off really easy. And, and oh, the thing it, funny they, is, totally, they totally did. TD Ameritrade did. Anyone else who, you know, did the same thing where they had to limit or stop trading in yeah. these particular stocks, yeah. they got off scot-free. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Because TD Ameritrade is now Charles Schwab. They're all one company now. So, you know, it's a pretty big pass to get. Because yeah. Schwab used yeah. to be the brokerage for the people. They still are. That, that's part of what they talk about. They're the discount broker. They were, in many ways, almost the original discount broker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's happening in, obviously, those back back offices and in those meetings. You know, Robinhood mm-hmm. was in a tough position. Uh, it just seems like if they had come clean and talked about what exactly was going on, they probably would have had a more positive result. Um, but they kind of hand-waved, and the CEO has been kind of hand-waving. I mean, look... There, the whole situation is is horrible. There's no good answers, um, but you know, I think they could have handled it a little bit better. But you know, again, it's it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Uh, it it reminds me of the Senate hearings for steroids. You know, when I sit there watching Rafael Palmeiro wag his finger at people. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm just saying. I'm not here to talk about the past. There's there's, there's a bunch (laughs) of cheaters out there. Someone who can't get in the Hall of Fame and didn't get in again, you know? So I'm just saying. Look, I think a lot of those guys were juicing. Some of them just didn't get caught. 100%. Yep. 100%. That's the word I hear on the street from uh, some folks involved in Major League Baseball. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Got to have the goods. If you don't got the goods in these guys, then, hey, it is what it is. But, I mean, also, if, if you have a $100 million contract on the line, you know, guys are hitting 40, 50 home runs, hitting 300. Like, what do you do? Well, I mean, again, it, it just comes down who, to who you are and what you're about. And it is what it is, man. It ha- What happened, happened. You know? I, I can't I can't sit here and tell you that I don't think there's people out there cheating in the same way now, just with with just with different compounds. Yeah. So it is is what it is. It's sports. You still, still got to hit the ball. I mean, you know. Yeah. Still, yeah, but you know, your body. When your body's juiced up and when you do hit the ball, it 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 will go farther. Right. So yeah. So I'm just saying it is what it is. But it's fun to it's it. You know, the baseball writers are obviously making a statement by not putting anyone in the Hall of Fame this year. I, I, I honestly, I, I think that's ridiculous. I, I just, it is. It is, because otherwise, those guys should put be in the Hall of Fame. The whole era, you're going you're gonna to keep them all out of the Hall? That's going to be, I don't think that's going to hold up. The veterans no, committee will probably put them all in. Definitely, I mean, the 90s, you know, 2000, early 2000s, uh, it was a time of, stats where i mean things were inflated right i mean some of these numbers these guys put up they're ridiculous but you know those guys i think that are on the fringe those guys are going to be debatable right like palmero you know guys who hit 
well for a long time, hit pretty good for a long time, and just compiled numbers, you know, I think that, you know, there's there's arguments to be made there whether they get in or they don't, right? But guys like guys, guys like Bonds, guys like Clemens, like you can't deny that those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. There's just no way around it. I mean, the, the age-old the age old argument with Bonds and Clemens is before the suspected beginning of their use, they already had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, they there's are. No doubt, great. There, there's no doubt. Of, to me, there's no doubt about that. You know, Rafi, Rafi's a little different, right? Rafael Palmero was, you know, he hit 300 consistently for a while. But, he, you know, he would probably only hit mostly 18 home runs, you know, 20 home runs, 26 home runs and all that. But, you know... He, he was pretty consistent for a long time. From 1993 on, I'm looking at one of my screens here. He hit 23, 37, 39, 39, 38, 43, 47, 39, 47, 43. I mean, that's some pretty good consistency. That's yeah. That's on the power on the power side, on top of the fact that his average was always stellar. Yep. So, but I think the question is that in the age of those, like looking at it in the context of that era. You know, is that good enough? I, I don't know. I think, it's, yeah, five, I think it's debatable. 569 home runs, career batting average of 288. Those are pretty good numbers. It just it looks bad when the last image of him you see him doing is with his glasses pulled down, wagging his finger that he didn't do it. And obviously uh, that's not really true. So, But th- okay. talking about inflative numbers, let's bring it back to – our crypto talk because this I mean, I, I'm watching Ethereum on my other screen here as it creeps over that 1660 level right now. Dude, how many how many screens you got, man? Jeez. I got about three screens going right now, man. <laughs> this, this kind of this is what my life has been about, you know, You're... kind of keeping an eye on crypto, trading my options in the stock market right now. I never I never you realized know. that you're a real trader until today, dude. <laughs> when you don't, <laughs> got so many screens up. <laughs> hey there's a lot going on and there's a lot of research that needs to be done about the super bowl which we'll get to later in today's show oh yeah but i i think it's worth talking a lot about what's happening in the crypto world because this is a breakout that you know for people that typically only follow bitcoin they might be missing what's going on here with ethereum and this is something you and i've been talking about for the last couple months that you know a move in ethereum is overdue and and here it is yeah it's a good time. It's been a long, long journey back from mm-hmm. the previous run, bull run, I guess, in like 2017. Right. So. How did you manage that? How did you manage your Ethereum position from the peak in 2017 to the lull and the build back until today? What did you do that you found kind of worked out really well? Like how did you manage your how did you manage <laughs> right? your position? pray hold <laughs> uh i mean the belief was always there right the the belief in ethereum and what it could do was always there when you know crypto prices were down so much like in 2019 and even in 2018 um it was really just opportunity we just really looked at it or i just really looked at it as opportunities to to buy uh and to accumulate to some extent um, and then there were other things that I had invested into as well at that time, um, other new projects and things like that. So that's kind of what I was doing during that time. And it was really just building out our our business uh, in Vegas and you know, kind of just keeping an eye on, on where things were heading. I mean, I 
I had, you know, taken a look at in 2019 about, you know, all of these lending products that were being built, all these decentralized finance things that were being built. And, you know, it was really in the early stages still. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, it didn't look as good or didn't work as good as, as it does today. But, you know, people just kept working. Uh, people just kept, you know, the faith. And, you know, here we are today. Finally. In some ways, in some ways, not that different from the dot-com story from 1999 to 2000. It's the exact same thing. Exact same thing. <laughs> is, I mean, having lived through all these things now, you're, it, what you just described to me reminds me of witnessing and trading and investing through that turbulent time. And that people that kept the faith and saw which technologies were relevant, you knew which companies to still put your money behind and just ride up, ride out the storm, and you know you came out in the clear. You know yeah. you look at a comp- you look at a company like Amazon. If you held on to them with the idea that they only were ever going to sell books and music, you, you missed out a tremendous run that took them down to I believe in the dot com time. I want to say it took them down to like thirty. You know, you're looking at a stock yeah. right now that's 3,300. Yeah. It, <laughs> great. Yeah. It's so much crazy. money that uh, the CEO decided to retire. Hey, richest man on the market supposedly. So you know, might as well pri- enjoy in the public market anyway. Yeah, he might as well enjoy what he's got. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, I was reading some things that talked about how he hasn't done much in philanthropy. That maybe he might be like how bill gates has been in retirement be out there do a lot of philanthropic work and, and just kind of push envelopes in other directions other than e-commerce the jury is still out it is 100 percent. but it's uh it's been interesting man the last couple of days it's been really interesting i mean it's been uh you know everything's been up all of these decentralized finance has been up everything across the board crypto has been up bitcoin's been up Right. Uh, the the difference I think about this time versus uh, 2017 is that uh, during the ICO craze in 2017, a lot of people would get into Bitcoin first, mm-hmm. and then from Bitcoin it would go out to you know Ethereum and all these other right. uh, coins uh, right. and ICOs. I think what's happening this time though is that because a lot of the uh, innovation and a lot of the values being built around decentralized finance, which for the most part is primarily built on Ethereum. Ethereum, it puts it front and center. Ethereum now is kind of that main focal point where people are getting into crypto and then from there they go into other other coins. Uh, And Bitcoin is kind of on its own, right? Because it's it's more of a standalone uh, and it's not related to decentralized finance, kind of like everything that's built on Ethereum is. Not uh, at all. Not, I mean, you asked you asked me before we got on the show, like, am I still trading around the other ones? And I'm like, not so much. You know, I've cashed out on a lot of those things, and I'm just sitting in this Ethereum and watching it move. You know, Litecoin feels like the speculative of the three majors. You know, that thing just kind of moving up and down, and you know, for no real good reason. Uh, but we'd be remiss, though, Royce, where if we're talking about decentralized fi- uh, finance, we'd be remiss if we don't mention a negative that happened today. Uh, that you that you maybe can expand upon. Yeah, so uh, first first of the year basically. Uh, today there was an exploit uh, of the Yearn Finance, uh, one of the vaults, and 11 million in one of the vaults got drained. 
And this uh, person who took advantage of the exploit ended up coming away with uh, close to $3 million. Uh, so typically, you know, if you've been around the space for a long time, uh, you'll see that, you know, from time to time, uh, there are these hacks or exploits that happen, you know, in different projects or on exchanges. And what usually happens after that is that either that particular coin uh, will, you know, face a big sell-off because of the exploit or the hack, or the exchange will lead to, you know, like, well, both of them could lead to actually an entire, you know, crypto market sell-off uh, because of, you know, all of the uh, concern around these hacks and, and things like that. But what happened this time was that even after this yearn exploit that was taken advantage of, uh, yearn was only down uh, a very small amount, and you know the rest of the market basically didn't didn't take a dive either. It just basically stayed you know flat or up, uh, which is a really interesting signal of you know confidence I think in the market and. Maybe just the fact that, you know, people understand that because this is such a new space, things like that will happen. The dev team actually quickly responded to the exploit once they uh, saw that it was happening. In fact, I saw one of the developers post on Twitter that within 10 minutes, basically, they uh, mitigated the issue uh, so that uh, they wouldn't lose additional funds, oh. uh, which, is, which, is, which is really fast. Uh, and those guys are, you know, one of the more responsive teams you know, in the space. So, you know, it was really a good sign that, you know, urine wasn't down that much uh, and right. the market didn't, you know, take a dive either following this exploit where, you know, in the past, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, you know, you, you would have saw, you know, things. Chain take, reaction. Yeah. You would have seen a, a chain, chain reaction. reaction. Yeah. Well, on that note of what you're talking about, I'm looking at one of my other screens and you can laugh now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm watching it. I'm looking at the chart of urine, which is a uh, YFI, and it's a steep drop off from 34,800 down to 30,000. And it was such a steep drop. It also was bought up real quick. And in a short amount of time, it got pushed up to 31,500. And right now I'm looking at it as at 32,300. So the resiliency of the market, like you're kind of starting to point out, is it shows you that either. Either the crowd's a little more educated what's going on, a little more resilient to what's going on, um, maybe more strong, stronger hands hold these things now, not just speculative buyers, perhaps. Uh, but it's interesting to watch th this bad news not blow up the market in a, in a negative way. Yeah. As they say on the Wall Street Bets Reddit, diamond hands. <laughs> diamond hands. Yeah, that guy's that guy is... That guy is twiddling his fingers, his diamond hand fingers, on the money he made on GameStop. You know, more power to him. If he can mobilize that many people, it is what it is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see all the lawsuits that come out of that whole fiasco. Uh, and what kind of regulation regulations the SEC tries to put on stuff like this? I don't know how you can. None of these guys are, are professional traders. You know, this is just public market stuff. You know? Yeah, it's, it's really it's really interesting. It's gonna be really interesting to see. Yeah, it really is. I I don't know how it's all gonna end up, but uh, I got my popcorn. Hey, you know, <laughs> many would say that hedge funds they have dinners, idea dinners, where a bunch of hedge funds get together and they talk about their short ideas, you know, stocks they're gonna short. 
and sometimes they they go on cahoots and they all short it at the same time. So how's this any how's that any different? Yeah, it's, it really it really isn't. So people are just a little butthurt that uh, they got beat at their own game. But here we are. GameStop is retreated almost completely, and word is that a lot of the trades that have been pulling down the price have been really big blocks, and it looks like the hedge funds are back in shorting it again. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Pretty resilient. <laughs> yeah. Well, we knew it was going to happen. We knew, and it's uh, my cousin and I were talking about buying uh, the 80 puts on for april for gamestop yesterday just yesterday morning yeah we kind of laughed about it it was eight bucks so one contract was eight hundred dollars we're like haha yeah nah we're not gonna do it i guess we should have yeah <laughs> I, you know, I mean eighty dollars there were some risks there still yeah, some risk that it could take off but I, I think some of the guys that got burnt they're not putting money back in you know so it, it looks like the momentum's to the downside right now and I don't, I don't know if it ever recaptures any momentum up. We'll uh, yeah. see, though. If, if Robinhood reopened it, who knows? Who knows? Is there a I second wave? I think it's done. I, I would think, think so. There's no reason for it to... I, well, I mean, again... I mean, then there again, wasn't a reason to be good either. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> it, it, it was back. just somebody rallying everybody together. And the same reason why he said he rallied them together is starting to uh, show itself again. So... It'd be interesting, but um, yeah, exciting times. Uh, you know, I I just uh, told one of my friends about the fact that I've been on Gemini, trading Ethereum for the last couple months, and he didn't realize that it became legal in Hawaii. So he started his account, and if you listen to our episode uh, a couple episodes ago about opening an account, he's going through the same frustrations I did, uh, in in the fact that you know take you we only could spend five hundred dollars right away. And the verification process with the banks like take full upwards of a week before we can fund the account anymore. Wow. So while so you know so he bought some Ethereum right away on Sunday night, and then it took off from there. Yeah. And so he's all like, "Yay!" Hey. Yeah, he goes, "Hey, I'm stoked, but I I only have five hundred dollars worth in the market." But I'm like, "Hey, a gain's a gain." You know, same thing happened to me. I got, I, you know, I had to wait a few weeks to buy in, and it all worked out. So we'll see how it all works out. That's something to keep in mind for most people, though. That you know, if you start an account, you usually aren't going to be able to trade a big amount right away uh, on an exchange like Gemini. I don't know how it works on Coin, Coinbase because they're not allowed to operate here in Hawaii. It's the same way. So when I opened my Coinbase account back in like 2016 uh, or 2017. Um, it was the same thing. You had a limited amount of buy, buying power. I could only buy a certain amount of Ethereum at the time, too. I think it was maybe <laughs> like 2K, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then, Ethereum was like 10 bucks, so <laughs> it's a little different. But yeah, a, I could only, a- you could only buy a little bit amount of the time, and then like as you go through and you know you uh, validate some data and things like that, like your limits get higher and higher, and as you think trade more I, I forget how exactly how it works and how i got my i think i had to request uh for a higher limit at some point mm-hmm. uh, and that's how i got to the state i am today but um it takes a little while yeah and you're talking at the infancy of all these things you were going through that so even coinbase themselves i'm sure have streamlined their streamlined their processes probably a lot better than they were before i would guess but 
verification is so important is to keep you guys safe. It's a it's a consumer protection thing and it's a CYA deal for those guys. So you know, it's it just is what it is and it, it's good because it makes people probably watch the market and not get too crazy and jump in all at one time, which probably isn't usually the best move in any form of investing. <laughs> yeah, no. Pro- probably <laughs> not. So, you know, it's good. Study the market and move it, watch how it moves and decide what you can do from there. But I guess let's switch gears then, Royce. I mean, I think that, that, that covers a lot of what happened there in the crypto space in the last few days quite a bit. Let's switch gears yep. to, I guess, that other big news and other big things that's going to happen this weekend. What is that thing called? Other big news. Well, what's yeah. happening? I forget. There's something forget. that's happening this weekend that we usually have parties with. and feels like it's something important. Yeah, I don't know. It involves, <laughs> I think, a football. It's gonna be, um, it's gonna be the sad, what, whatever it is, it's gonna be the saddest one <laughs> in many years. Not because of the game, but because of the circumstances. That's, I think that's, that's, that's the shame, right? Because when you look at this game, and you look at what could happen at this game, could be a great game. Yeah. Fireworks. This game has fireworks written all over it. So I got a question. Yeah. What are you doing for Super Bowl? You watching at your home by yourself? So we decided. If you're doing something illegal, don't tell us. I will, and then we'll just delete it. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, we decided to kind of do a, a stay uh, So we're gonna go stay. We're going down to Colina and, and Marriott Beach Club and just hang out for the weekend and just go to the beach, hang out in the sunny weather here. It's great weather right now because it cools down to the 60s right now, and, and, and the warmest is at 80. Sky's been pretty clear for the most part. It, it's the weather's fantastic right now, so you know, take advantage of that, hang out. But I did, I did tell my wife that hey, Sunday though, when the game's on, I'm inside watching the game. <laughs> That's all. We can do anything else the rest of the weekend. When the game's on, I gotta stay inside. <laughs> you gonna be watching? You gonna be watching in front of the TV by by yourself? Uh, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I'll be playing blocks. I'll be playing blocks with my friends virtually. I'm sure I can find a way to get a live bet in here and there throughout the game uh, and, you know, go from there. Uh, but it's uh, it's going to be a weird one because I'm used to having a big gathering, cooking outdoors, having a great time, drinking way too much. What are you yeah. going to do? Same thing, except I'll be at home. You know, I haven't had like a really big Super Bowl party in a number of years now. I used to have them all the time. But I think after this, people have been asking, maybe next year I'll have another Super Bowl party like I used to. Maybe not as crazy as those ones before, but and maybe a, more, a little bit more kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been it's been a while. But that's next year. So this year, not gonna be as not gonna be as fun. <laughs> but I'll be wa- I'll be watching. <laughs> but you know, the game really looks like it's gonna shape up to a, be a pretty great game. I hope so. I mean, I hope it's not. You know, I, I don't want to watch a blowout, obviously. Yeah. I think it's gonna be high scoring. Mhm. And uh, you know, I hope it comes like I I hope it comes down to the last t- the last possession. <clears throat> At some point in time, it looks you know it just feels like it's a game that's gonna go back and forth. And, you know, you look at the opening line of this, look at the opening line, and opening line was three and a half for the for the Chiefs. Yeah. Over under, over under is about 58. Right now, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the lines in Vegas, and it's varying from three to three and a half in favor of the Chiefs. 
and the over-under has dropped. You know, I went over stats in the last time they played the, yep. the, the game where I want to say Tyreek Hill had almost 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, both teams had a yards per play for both teams were over seven yards per play. Yeah. I don't see how that's going to change very much, especially especially with everyone for the most part being healthy as far as offensive weapons goes for both teams. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a fun game. And I mean, we've never had this situation where, you know, the, the whole city has had their team in a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I mean, you talk about them missing out a little bit, not having a whole bunch of fans there. How crazy of a home field advantage would that be to be at home with your fans You're, at the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's basically a home game. It's insane. That's what it is. It's insane. But what 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 is the uh what is the ruling on fans for this game? Like, are they gonna have social distance or they have zero? Well, they're letting in healthcare workers that are vaccinated. They're they're allowed to come into the game. But they, they definitely didn't want this game to become, you know, a super spurter event because that'd be like that'd be that awful. would be that would be like the worst oh, pub. Oh. I mean, because they're getting pretty good pub for surviving the season. There's been bumps, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm on the CBS Sports website right now, and they're saying that the official attendance for the game is going to be twenty five thousand fans. Oh, that's so not at least bad, actually. Yeah. And, and, and thirty thousand cutouts. How do, pretty, we submit, pretty, how do we submit a cutout? Yeah, I, I think we might have missed that boat, my friend. I'm, I'm sure yeah. that was something we could have got into before. We would have put our uh, Voices for Blogging logo there, you know, free advertising. Oh, for sure, yeah. All the way. It might have been, might have been some free million-dollar advertising right there. So we'll see. We'll see We'll see if uh, Tampa Tampa fans finagle a ton of tickets. But those, uh, those Chiefs fans, they travel well. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, w- with that, not having that many fans – you know how the Super Bowl usually starts really sloppy, you know, with yes. all the all the flash bulbs and the hype of the game and all the yep. fans there. And in some ways, you know, guys would say in the Super Bowl, the fan noise is different a lot of times because so much of the crowd typically is corporate crowds. They're not really fans of the teams. They're there on incentive trips. But I feel like this year that might be a little different because Tampa being home, like if you're a Tampa Bay fan, Tom Brady's your quarterback. You're playing in your stadium. Man, I don't know if there's a price certain Tampa fans wouldn't pay just to be in that stadium. I wonder what tickets are going for, actually, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, well, your hands are probably faster than mine. If you want to kind of look that up, I'm sure it's... Yeah, no, I'm actually going to look that up right now. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty great game. I, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting for the Chiefs is if, if the Buccaneers try to take away Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill, watch out for all the stuff underneath. Watch out for a guy like Daryl Williams to kind of catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and just kind of do these 8, 10, 12-yard chunk plays just off of a swing pass. Uh, because at some point, there's only so many guys you can throw on in coverage. He, you know, He's probably my favorite prop bet for the game. His receipt, Darrell Williams, the backup running back for the Chiefs, has a prop bet for 13 and a half yards receiving in a game. I think he might get that on one catch to go over that. He could. So I'm actually at uh, Ticketmaster right now. And the cheapest ticket that's on sale uh, on Ticketmaster is uh-huh. $4,950. How many, how many tickets they got out there? 
there's a there's quite a few actually. It looks like now I don't know how to see the like I don't know how to get the total, but uh, there's it looks like there's quite a few. Yeah, I'm looking on Vivid Seats and the same thing. Interesting, right? It's just a bunch of upper level seats. So. I don't know. When I sit in the upper level, I, I kind of feel like I should stay away from a role that's letter yeah. Z. That kind of makes me feel like it's the worst seat. Yeah. The no, there's lower. So on Ticketmaster, there's lower level. Uh, and they go up to looks like 16 grand right now is the highest I've seen. For the lower level seats, right? Yep. Yeah, because all these upper level seats I'm looking at, I mean, there's quite a bit, but it's one of those things where that's what I'm saying. These Tampa Bay fans. Oh, yeah. how about this, dude? I don't put it past them to buy some of these tickets and get in there. Row H, section 136, seat 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. It's 22K each, dude. There's no yeah, opening, okay. man. You ready to go? You are watching history, Royce. Right? Ethereum did get to 1600, right? <laughs> yeah. That's only what, how many Ethereum is that? Like, uh, Can maybe you like, just cash? Yeah. Could you cash out some of your Ethereum? And maybe like, I'll maybe be like 15, 15 Ethereum? I'll meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go. yeah. yeah. Yeah, these club level seats, eleven 40, grand. What's the big deal? Forty Whatever. grand total. Well, how about this one? The suite. Okay. Yeah. You got tickets for a suite, a hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars. For the suite or for? For a suite. For a suite. Oh, that's all. To have a, lux- to have a luxury suite, a hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> Bargain. Bargain. Maybe a couple, couple years. <laughs> well, well, Ethereum gets to thirty thousand, then we can we can have that conversation. <laughs> Even then, though, I, my 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 ethnic my ethnic biases as far as how I have been reared to kind of think about money would stop me from spending spending that money on that. Yeah, no, me me too. <laughs> but again, if you have a like a a whole lot of it, then I don't know. But it's fascinating. I I I think I'd be in, I'd be surprised if there's not more Tampa fans in the stands here than Chiefs fans. Yeah, I mean, it's just... The logistics are easier. Geographic, to yeah, logistics is easier. All right, so let's get into picks, man. Okay, well, I already gave one. I, I think I think a really solid prop bet. Super Bowls are really great for prop bets, and you think about the whole game, They re- the Chiefs really, uh, really burned the Buccaneers a ton in the beginning of that game that they played at Tampa. And I just don't see them allowing those kind of plays to. I mean, they went one-on-one coverage on Tyree Kill. Like, what? You're not gonna do that what, in the Super Bowl. What for sure? What was? Yeah, like what were they thinking? I don't know. Unless it was just all a bunch of blown coverages. But then yeah. you know you can't you can't just put all the attention on Tyree Kill. You're gonna have to do something with Travis Kelsey because look at him and what could happen in a championship game with Travis Kelsey just bombing around all over the place. Yeah, you're so, gonna have to put pressure on Mahomes. You're gonna have to disguise coverages. I'm sure they're gonna play. I'm actually, I'm guessing they're probably they'll probably play a little Tampa two or at least some kind of zone uh, a little bit. Um, but you know we'll see we'll see. I th- I think one of the one of the things that can't be ignored is Tampa's got a great pass rush. They do. And in, Su- and in Super Bowls okay. past, and especially when you look at the Chiefs, you know being out there starting left tackle who tore his Achilles tendon in that game against the Browns. So he's out, and they're out their usual starting right tackle. So they're going to be playing with backup right right and left tackles for this game. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, Mahomes has – Patrick Mahomes has some of the best stats of any quarterback if you blitz him. But yeah. one could argue that the Tampa doesn't even need to blitz. 
you know, you, you have such a great front four. You know, what's it? They run a three four, but of course they're gonna bring a linebacker on the edge there and yep. kill Barrett. Uh they can put they can put great pressure on him. Uh at the same time, obviously at the same you know, the tackles being hurt really hasn't hurt KC the whole season. No, it hasn't. And uh that's why it's gonna be tough, I think, for them to put pressure on Mahomes. But for them to win, they're going to have to do it. Like, how many times is Andy Reid going to take advantage of that pressure and just throw a bunch of shovel passes, draw plays, all these kind of get, and he'll do some right. gadgety plays like he did and just kind of toy with the defense the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, that, he's gotten so much better at his play calling over the last few years. It's so masterful at this point. Well, he has so many weapons. He does. It's a, yeah. it's a, and a, and a quarterback. Like, are you kidding me? He, you he know, can, yeah, he can make all the throws. Any arm slot stays alive, knows how to get depth, avoids pass rushes. You know, it's uh, some somewhere coining this game to the passing of the torch. Uh, the, the the biggest weakness I think that Casey has is on defense. They That's are a, they are a big play defense, and they bank on that, so you can get yards against these guys. You can't move the ball against these guys, and the Buccaneers proved it in that last game. Yeah, and that's what Brady's gonna do, right? They like every both both teams have to limit turnovers. Both teams are gonna score. To me, it's gonna come down to last possession, as long as there's no huge turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if it's gonna come down to the last possession, I would rather have my money on the dog because your upside is is a little better. Well. And in no. this case, this year, you're talking about the dog being Tom Brady. Yeah, the goat. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? I mean, it's one of those things where it makes it really tough sometimes to do bet against a guy like Brady who's been there so often. And he's never had this kind of weapons around him. I mean, look at what he has around him in Tampa Bay. He lucked into it. Or he picked the right spot. He, he definitely did. Bringing, bringing Gronk back, too? I mean, gosh. I mean, he's got like he's got like Fournette, he's got Gronk, he's got on the outside. Uh, what's what's the guy's name? Um, the receiver. Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans. He got Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown is the number three. That's slash right. I forgot, four I forgot, receiver. I forgot Antonio Brown too. <laughs> I mean, and then Scotty Miller who pulls that big play. But I'll be I'll, I do have to say Scotty Miller great play. Kevin King just played that terribly. The DB for the Packers. Yeah. Like you you got to keep everybody in front of you. Like, I don't know what he was thinking there. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, he's, think, got, he's got so many weapons. It's a tough one. I, I think these teams come in pretty even. You know, the defense for, you know, it's funny because the, the defense for Tampa, yeah. for as much talent as they have, you would think they would be a lot more lights out than they were. Yeah, no, that, that's that's why. Like, like, I agree with that. I, I give the edge on offense to Kansas City. I give the edge on defense to Tampa. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's not dominant. It's not like a huge edge. Right. Tampa's defense for all all the talent. All that they, they got. Have, so yeah, much talent. They haven't put it together. And, you know, and, they have, and they have great coaching. I mean, it's not like they got guys coaching them that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, it's. I mean, you look at this front line, you know, you have, you have Sue. Vita Vea, JPP, yep. Shaquille Barrett, Goldston. You got these guys. You just got these guys here that can they can make plays. And sometimes, sometimes when I look at this 
Bucks team, I think of what the Giants did to Brady when Brady was with the Patriots. Yeah. You know, if this D-line, if this D-line finds a way to take over, like this game might be really interesting. It might get, might look a lot different than a lot of people are thinking it might look like. It could, but at the same time, I don't think KC will be able to stop. Their defense will be able to stop Brady, though. Their defense is not that great. Yeah, but speaking of that Giants team against the Patriots, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, defensive coordinator for the Giants in those games. And the game planning he can do, with the way he disguises his blitzes, and it showed last year in the Super Bowl when they needed a play, when they needed to apply pressure, they were there. So it's hard to discount that experience that he has had and won Super Bowls with this kind of game planning. True. It's a different uh, team, multi- You're talking about multiple- Spagnuolo? Or, yeah. Yeah. But, that, but the defense for the Chiefs, I mean, you got a bunch of guys that can make plays too now. I don't want to – you know, Frank Clark no. is no slouch. Yeah. Chris Jones. You're talking Chris Jones, Flank, or, you know, Frank Clark. You, know, you got guys on there that can make plays. Big play I, defense. They, You know, I, honestly, I was I was surprised by that. But yeah. looking looking at the game that they played in the regular season between Tampa and Green Bay, I had a hard time seeing Green Bay pulling it off, even though they were at home. And the proof is Tampa tried so many ways to let them back in the game in the second half. Tom yeah. Brady threw three interceptions in that second half. Yeah. Like, that's an ugly win, but it's a win on the road, so you take it. I mean, you're in the Super Bowl, you know? A win's a win yeah. at some point. But, you know, I, I, look, I look at the Chiefs defense and i see a guy like the honey badger you know i i, I probably expect to see him make a couple of pretty big plays during this game yeah uh, their, their corners have played well this year they're kind of they're kind of no-name corners but they've played pretty damn well this year so the front four is going to be the front four is going to have a lot to say on both teams i would say about in this game yeah yeah what do you think about the narrative of passing the torch though between brady and uh mahomes it's going to be spoken of. It already has been spoken of a lot this this week. It has been. Yeah, it's going to remain to be seen because Mahomes is at the beginning of his career. Like he's yeah. won one Super Bowl, which is great. You know, most people don't win win one. Uh, but at the same time, he's definitely not on the same level as as Tom Brady right now. You know, mm-hmm. only time will tell. It could be. You know, he's got he's got. There's no doubt that he has a talent. There's no doubt he has the coaching, the offense behind him. You know, there's no doubt he has the ability. It's just, you know, will he be able to keep that consistency over time, I think, and have the team around him to be able to win Super Bowls. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs – I mean, the Chiefs have guys signed up for a few years. They've handled their cap situation pretty dang well for the the next couple years to try to keep this thing going, so – We'll see. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining Super Bowls we've seen in a while. I think last year was a pretty great Super Bowl as far as entertainment towards the end of the game. Yeah. You know, you got you had guys, you know, I mean, that, you know, the miss the miss bomb from Garoppolo to Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, you, you're talking, they were slugging at the end of that game. Yeah. You know, it was just, they, they kind of kept it interesting the whole time, and I think this game's going to be the same way. Yeah. So what you got? Pick-wise, what you got after all that? What are you thinking? I told you, man. Pick-wise, like I said, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to last possession. You know, If it's going to be that, uh, I would go Tampa Bay Moneyline. <laughs> oh, Roy, see what is Tampa Bay Moneyline. Tampa Bay Moneyline. If it's going to so, be within a field goal, you might as well just go Moneyline. So the Moneyline right now pays up plus 150. 
That's pretty good. That's not bad. I'll take it. For every hundred dollars you bet, you make one fifty if it comes through. That's pretty good. Yep, I'll put I'll put a grand down. And then uh, I think for me, I'm probably gonna put the money on the over to start the game. Yep. And and I'm also going to put money on that prop bet on Daryl Williams to go over thirteen and a half yards receiving. And then the rest of the betting is gonna happen at halftime or live betting during the game. Because I just kind of want to see how this game goes. Yeah. And the easy, because the easy bet to me, the easy if if some Joe Schmo comes off the street and want to bet on this game, yeah, the easy lazy bet is KC and the over. Oh, for so, sure. Yep. And I'm like, uh, how often does that work out that way? Like never. <laughs> right. And so I have that feeling for this game. So I'd rather go ahead. I'll bet the over. Especially, I'm gonna go against the popular bet, the cop, the popular money pushing it down a couple points. I'll take advantage of that and and flip it and go the other way and go over. And, and uh, what's, but the, the, what's of, the over under that you're looking at? Fifty five and a half. Fifty five and Come a half. Come on now. Come on now. I feel like this game's gonna be in the thirties. That's basically eight touchdowns, right? Yep. So I see. You know when people say that they count the number of touchdowns? Yeah. It makes it sound super insurmountable. However, eight touchdowns is a lot. There you go, and that's why. So that's what that's what that's what people start thinking, right? Yeah. Eight touchdowns is a lot. But what if we get a game here where we don't punt the ball, which is very possible. It's possible. It's possible, yeah. And every possession is some kind of score. I don't need eight touchdowns because every possession has some kind of points going up. It'll add up pretty quick at that point. The difference in this game might be a special team score for one of these two teams. Yeah, could be. You know, kicking wise, Casey Casey has the edge on the kicking game also. With Harrison Butker, the I like to joke is the second coming of Jason Elam because uh, he was Paul Johnson's kicker at Georgia Tech, and he can kick the ball a mile, and he's accurate as heck. I I think because part of my thesis is I'm I'm not sure how many punts we're gonna see in this game. I might want to go look at the prop for total punts in this game. If it's anything like over under five, I'm going under. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Because if there's a team that I, I really, if I really thought needed to score a touchdown, I can get it. As much as I love Brady, it's Mahomes and KC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, you know, uh-huh. but that's that's not to say that I don't think Tampa is not talented and Tom can't get it done. He's too old and all this and that. It's just it is what it is when you watch both teams. I yeah. mean, Tampa, if Green Bay doesn't fumble in the beginning of that second half, they don't really do much in that second half of that game. Yeah. They really didn't do anything. So, you know, will K- does KC get stuck in those situations very often? Yeah. You kind of feel like they could score a touchdown anytime they want to. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're just that good. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where that's where I get swayed in the KC direction for the bet, but I'm not going to go there, especially with the hook on it with the three and a half. And it's three and a half with a minus 120. So what does that tell you? You know, there's a lot of money just going right there. The payout's a little less, so the juice is higher on that thing. Hard to go with the crowd. Yeah, no, that's that was I was just thinking the same thing. So I'll watch it. If it gets to the point where the live bet is KC minus one, you know, because they get down early in the game, I'm in. Yeah. I'll buy it. Both ways, to be quite honest. You know, I might end up with bets on both sides. And yeah. I might just play both sides if if the numbers work out the way way they could because there's gonna be so much scoring. Well, like I said, I'm taking Tampa Bay on the upside. <laughs> so Royce, Royce has got Tampa on the money line, plus 150. I have the over at 55 and a half. 
and Darrell Williams over 13 and a half yards receiving. Nice. Royce, what what kind of food are you gonna be? What what kind of food are you eating on Sunday? Gosh, probably some pizza. I'm sure. Nothing, nothing so, too crazy. Just gonna mail it in and just order pizza. Just gonna mail it happening? in, man. Mail it in. Man, I got my steak going in the sous vide right now for a Sunday. I'm yeah, gonna bring dude. it because that hotel, the hotel we're staying at, has grills downstairs. I'll go and grill. I'll grill a couple steaks and bring it up up to the room. Wow. Gotta have some kind of something going, you know. Yeah. You're not making know. it happen at a hotel, man. You gotta make something happen in your house. Come on now. <laughs> oh. I have a grill. Out, I have a grill outside, but that's just gonna take away from me watching the game. <laughs> yeah. It's called before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch the before the game stuff. I think it's gonna be so weird, right? Look at this. We a Super Bowl with no media day. How weird is that? It's weird. Super Bowl with no people. Weird. You know, like I don't know. I'll probably just be yeah. texting a bunch of people. Because in a normal year, there's a, there's a lot of noise around the Super Bowl in a normal year. Yeah. The circus around this game would have been insane had this been a normal year. But this is not a normal year. Nothing normal about it. Nothing so about it. We're, we were lucky we got last year's Super Bowl. Think true. about it. But um, as we sign off today, Ethereum is sitting at 1658.58. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, Royce. We waited for, for this. We're waiting for 2K, and 2K might be welcomed with some drinks uh, on the next episode if that happens sooner than later. I think we should. Have a little party. Um, be responsible out there, everyone. You see a profit you like, sometimes not a bad idea to take it and run. But remember, all the information that we provide here is just for entertainment. We're not really telling you what to do. We're not telling you to buy anything. We're not telling not, you to sell anything. Not financial advice. Not financial advice. At just all. Giving some Giving information in our perspective. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Ricey, anything else you got for them? Have a great Super Bowl. Don't get too Enjoy drunk. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Don't get too drunk. <laughs> Be responsible, but have a good time. Good days are coming soon, everybody. It's a, it's a few months away. With Except that, for Steve, who's already, who's already good. Me and my four screens. <laughs> <laughs> Happy trading, everybody, and enjoy the Super Bowl. See you later. All right, guys. See you.